episode of 10 Podcast Lane. In this episode, we look into the Sea of Trees, Okigahara Forest in Japan. The effects that mental health has on people last forever, and in some cases, it even lasts into the afterlife. Japanese legends are full of harrowing tales of lament, sadness, death and demons. For such a vibrant and innovative people and culture, there seems to be a dark foreboding presence that looms over them, resulting in a record high 34,500 suicides in 2003 alone. That is 27 suicides per 100,000 people. Yes, it's a huge social issue and has been for many years. You just have to look at Okigahara Forest for proof of this. Okigahara, or the Sea of Trees, is a forest that stretches some 14 square miles near the northwestern side of the beautiful Mount Fuji. The forest is known for its beautiful fauna and trees, including the Cryptomeria japonica, cypresses and pines. But also, within this beautiful forest lies something much darker and much more sinister. The forest also goes by the name the Suicide Forest. Inside the dark, covered forest, are the souls of thousands of young and old that made the trip there, buying only a one-way ticket, as they knew they would not be returning, their souls remaining forever in the shrouded grave. At the entrance of the forest reads a sign, Life is a precious gift that your parents gave to you, along with other signs with helpline numbers. Some people even go out there camping, supposedly to contemplate their life and if it's worth living, or if it's too hard to go on. I just want to take this moment now, for what it's worth, to say it is always worth going on. And if you ever feel like it's all getting too much, please reach out and speak to someone, anyone. There are people locally who are on prevention patrol, who will calmly make conversations with such people, reassuring them and trying to entice them to leave the forest. But this does not always work, try as they might, and the forest floor is testament to this, with clothes, shoes and personal belongings of people who visited but never left, strewn along the trunks of trees and the many dark roots that cover the forest floor. People think that this act was popularised by the 1960 novel Tower of Waves by famous author Saichi Matsumoto, where two young lovers end their lives in the forest. But the truth is it stretches back long before this. Monks would come to the forest and starve themselves to death as penance, and chillingly enough, there was an ancient practice called Ubaste, 
where families in a time of famine would lead their elderly into the forest, not to take their own lives, but to leave them to die of starvation or dehydration. People don't like to think this actually happened, but it has long remained part of the legend of Okigahara Forest. Also, it is said that the forest is haunted and the Yuri, Onryu and Abume of thousands of lost souls haunt the forest and lead sad, confused visitors off the beaten track, away from the main path, to try and convince them themselves to join the Yuri, never knowing peace. According to Japanese beliefs, all humans have a soul or a Raikon. When a person dies, the Raikon leaves the body and enters a form of limbo or purgatory where it waits for the funeral and post-funeral rites to be performed so that it may join its ancestors finally in peace. And if done correctly, the Raikon is believed to be a protector of the living family. However, if the person dies in a sudden or violent manner, such as murder or suicide, meaning the proper rites have not been performed, or they are burdened by a powerful emotion, such as revenge, jealousy, hatred or sorrow, the Raikon is taught to transform into a Yuri, which can then bridge the gap back to the physical world. If the last thought to enter a person's head once they are passing to the afterlife is one of these emotions. The Yuri remains on earth as a restless soul until the missing ritual is performed or the emotional conflict that still ties it to the physical world is finally resolved. Until this time, the Yuri remains haunting and stuck between worlds. Onryu are more vengeful and usually want to cause harm to people, again as in Kuchisakione's case. Widubami being a sadder ghost of women who have passed during childbirth. It is said that Okigahara Forest is home to more than a few of these restless spirits. I just want to take a moment to let you know that this week's episode is brought to you by HouseOfMysteriousSecrets.com Your number one source of horror merchandise for 15 years running. They have everything from toys, apparel, soundtracks, comics, marks, hard-to-find collectibles and so much more. Their inventory caters to genres, fans of all kinds, from classic monsters to 80s B-movies to modern favourites. House of Mysterious Secrets ships worldwide and offers free shipping on all US orders over $65. Where else can you find a Friday the 13th fanny pack, a John Carpenter record, a Suspiria t-shirt, Monster Squad wallet, a chopping mall hat and the latest issue of Fangoria all in one place. Head over to houseofmysterioussecrets.com to see it all for yourself. Use the coupon code DARK10 that will give you 10% off. It's good once per customer. There's no expiration date. And now back to the show. Iji Nakamura 
had spent the whole day working on his own in the corner shop that had been in his family for over 30 years. It was situated in the central part of Shoji, Minamitsuru district, Yamanashi. Up until this point, it was a normal day that had gone so far like most days before. Arriving at 8am, parking his car at the side of the building in one of the three spaces on the right hand side of the shop and preparing for what was usually an uneventful day in the remote, quiet district that sat just to the northwestern end of Okigahara Forest. The district consisted of a few buildings and dwellings, including Eiji's shop, a local post office, and the Lake Shoji Village Inn. It was a quiet day, with not many customers. Two old men that lived nearby the town had come for a chat and a gossip, akin to old ladies in Dublin, chatting over the fences of the back garden while hanging the washing out to dry. And a family road trip that had stopped off to get some much needed supplies. Sweets, soft drinks, that kind of thing, before carrying on under mini adventure. As the evening was winding down and dusk began to creep in, the lights that peppered the sidewalk started to come on. Eiji was out the back, getting ready to restock the shelves at this quiet period before closing up. As is customary, he left a jar on the counter. In case he didn't hear a customer and they were in a rush, they could just leave the money in the jar. While in the storeroom, Eiji was startled as the lights started to flicker, leaving him in pitch black every few seconds. He then heard the bell at the front door tinker and the door closing, but heard no footsteps. He shouted out of the room, please just help yourself and leave the money in the jar. You can call in tomorrow if you need change. As he tried to tighten the light bulb, but realizing it was properly in and not one bit loose. He got no reply from the shop, so slowly made his way back to the front of the store. As he entered the store, he let out a gasp, the kind that can only be made when staring true fear in the eye, and he fell back onto the ground. Before him, stood a woman, about five foot two, with long black hair partially covering her face, wearing a white hospital gown that seemed to have blood stains up the front. Stammering, he asked the woman, Daijo Budeska, are you okay? The woman didn't reply. She just stood, motionless, he noticed tears running down her pale cheeks from what looked like eyes of pure blackness. He gathered his breath and again exclaimed, Madame, Dajobu? Madame, are you okay? Her head started to raise slowly, eyes focusing on the man as he quivered in place on the floor. Her face began to grimace as her mouth opened 
she let out a deafening scream, like the gates of hell were opening, with all the lights in the shop smashing in an instant. E.G. could only sit there, helplessly, hands covering his head to shield himself from the broken glass that was falling all around him. He slowly opened his eyes, hoping this thing was gone. But she was still there, head bowed again. She raised her arm up and with her pale hand placed a pine leaf in the jar and without even turning away, began to slowly back away from the counter. But this was not normal. She was not walking. It looked like she was floating, about three centimetres off the ground. As she got to the door, she did not even turn to open it. She just passed straight through the door. E.G. picked himself up, dusted off his clothes, and darted towards the door of the shop, pulling it open and rushing through in one swift movement. As he reached the pavement outside, he was greeted by a cold breeze that slapped him in the face and ran up his spine, made all the more chilling as it ran over the perspiration that covered his entire body. He again tried to compose himself, eyes darting from left to right to try and find where the woman had gone. To his left, he noticed the streetlights flickering, then the bulb just blowing, one lamp at a time. He sprinted in the direction of the smashing lights, but kept enough distance to assure his own safety. The last light to smash was at the very end of the road, where it met the back end of Okigahara Forest. With the moon now full in the air, he could see the light off it, illuminating the shape of the woman that was just in the shop as she entered the forest, passing through the fence that was a barrier between the town and the sea of trees. He gave it about 30 seconds before leaping the fence and making his way into the forest. He followed from a safe distance, stumbling over the thick roots on the floor barely able to see with the light of the moon struggling, though it tried to light his way. About 20 feet in front of him, the woman stopped at a tree and started to cry. The sound echoed around him, like the whole forest was weeping. He edged closer to the woman, and as he got to within about 10 feet from her, she looked over her shoulder at him and just faded from sight. E.G. froze. This doesn't happen. Women don't just disappear. He reached the spot where the woman was seconds earlier, stumbling over a mound of dirt that rose beneath his feet. There was a piece of cloth slightly showing from within the mound. He dropped to his knees and started pulling back the muck breaking apart the mound and digging down deep through the soil with his bare hands. After a few anxious moments, he felt something in the ground. At the same time, the moon finally broke through the leaves and illuminated in front of him. To 
his absolute horror, what lay there would stay with him until his dying day. A body, a nearly full skeletal body covered by a ripped, soiled, white hospital gown, curled up in a fetal position, and in its arms, a small, fragile skeleton of a baby. It was at this very moment that it occurred to E.G. what this was. It was a Nibume, the spirit of a poor lady that did not make a true childbirth, along with her unborn child. The spirit, in its restless state, had left its grave and went to get help. Tired of its eternal sadness, it wanted peace, and in E.G. finding the body, this meant her body could finally receive her final rites and allowing her to finally rest in peace. And so that brings us to another episode of 10 Podcast Lane. If you were affected by anything mentioned in this episode, or if you know anyone who is, please note there is help out there. The Pieta House service is free for those with suicidal distress, engaging in self-harm, or those bereaved by suicide in the Republic of Ireland. They provide a 24-hour free phone helpline which can be reached at 1800-247-247, staffed by fully trained clinicians and counsellors, plus a text service. Just text HELP to 51444. Standard message rates apply. Thanks as always to everyone for listening, and all the messages being sent to me about topics people want covered and feedback on all the previous episodes. Thanks again, to the house of mysterious secrets.com. Be sure to check them out and use the code DARK10 for a 10% discount. Till next time, aim for the bushes.